0: Welcome to our twelfth episode of the redo. Um, it's been quite a while. We haven't spoken because one of us has been traveling for a long time. The other one has also been traveling intermittently and very very busy with work. So this is a reunion of sorts. Um, sorry we've been gone for so long. We know you're dying to hear what we've been doing. But here's the thing: we're not going to update you about the past couple of months. We're going to talk about our recent travels, and we're going to start with our two-week trip to Vietnam, and then a little bit independent travel, and then we're going to wrap up with some of our usual goodness. So, hey, Margo, it's been a long time.
1: Hello, John. Yes. I, when you called me today, I didn't even say hello. <laughs> it's you didn't so natural. say hello. It's just, fine. Just, yeah, it know, doesn't matter. Going right back in, straight back into it.
0: Good friends don't need to say hello. We just go straight into what we need to talk about.
1: Exactly. Lesson <laughs> number one about friendship. Okay.
0: Yeah. Do most of your friendships sort of span a long interval in between?
1: Yes, they do. Uh, and, I, yeah. I love, and probably for YouTube, a lot of it is just based on our lifestyles, right? You move moving around a lot, traveling a lot equals you actually don't see a lot of people often.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's totally fine, but for some people, that's really weird.
1: No, absolutely. I feel like some people have like very hard and fast rules about that, and they're very they're very strong in saying like, oh, if you don't talk to them on a regular basis, they're not really your friend. You're like, what are you talking about? Who are you to tell me who my friend is? Um, they
0: ju- they judge your friends or they're judging your <coughs> friends like your new friends. They're friendship. judging they're
1: like- in general, like even with people I don't know. They're like, they're mm-hmm. not really your friends if you don't talk to them a lot. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Maybe your friendships are whack. Where like, if you don't talk to them, then you lose them. But I was like, yeah, I, that's not true. I, I feel like
0: I have a bad habit of calling everybody my friend. <laughs> but don't you? I mean, I feel like if I've spent, you know, uh, let's say like three times hanging out with you. Right. But like significant times, like you're my friend. Right. Is, is that not a, is, is, it's not a high bar? But if I had like a conversation with you like three four hours, like we're friends, correct?
1: I would say so. I especially if you feel like there's a mutual connection and that you feel like you both would in theory or for real want to hang out again or talk to each other again, that's a friend. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess I'm trying to be cognizant of not saying like my friend, my friend, my friend, because that just sounds like who are you talking about? All these people are your friend.
1: I have been using my my acquaintance a lot more often, and then I'm like, is that lame? I'm like, Why oh, you're like who's an people? acquaintance? A lot of people are acquaintances. Uh, I don't necessarily reduce friends down to acquaintances, but I think now that I've been anchored in one geographical location for a while, it's like, you know, I, there are certain people that I see through other friends often. So we're friendly, but I can't mm. say that they're my friends. Right. But they, I see them as like positively viewed acquaintances and worth mentioning for whatever reason. If they had, did they something cool, I had a cool recommendation, like I will talk about it. Is that lame?
0: Uh, I mean, if you would call them to like have dinner or coffee, that's probably like a friend, Right.
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You're good. I feel I'm sensing some <laughs> insecurity here. No, it's
0: not insecurity. I just you know sometimes people are like who like who are these friends? Blah blah. blah. Like, I'm like I just met them like last week. They're my friend. That's okay. but I'm like to me that's very legit. Oh, you know, like, okay. There's a line.
1: There's a line. You're fine. I think I'm oh. fine. No, but I do know a couple of people. One in particular, but a couple of people who will go into almost like crazy town and be like my best friend. Like everyone is his or her best friend. That's when you're like, okay, you crazy. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that's the,
0: like a little too much.
1: It it's definitely too much, but um yeah, it's like it's a constant thing and so that's becoming a joke you know, with, um, you know, the mutual people that I know with, you know, these one or two people, it's like, oh, this person, you mean their best friend? Like, oh, yes, of course.
0: Oh, they're trying to convey too much of a closeness that's not there.
1: Right. That they refer to everyone as their best friend. And you're like, for real? When did this happen? Yeah, I... Like, what? Am I missing something? No, you're actually kind of a pathological <laughs> liar, but you mean Ooh. well. So <laughs> therefore, we're still kind of friends, but I'm sure you've called me your best friend to other people <laughs> before as well.
0: Yeah. I-, I did just have a conversation with my friend who she's like when she's out the club and uh like sometimes people want to introduce her like oh this is my really good friend blah 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 and inside she's like wait what i don't even know you
1: Ooh, but in that so cool.
0: environment it's like it's it's cool it's, right? yeah exactly to like, like see oh, be you know, seen, like and
1: to know people friend. yeah yeah
0: um so i don't want to be that person where i'm just over over introducing friendships basically no i
1: think you're fine i think yeah that the line is when you say someone's like your best friend or really good friend when you have known them for a few hours i think it's to say someone's your friend is very good i think you know it's like promoting world peace and connections etc right.
0: <laughs> this is true um, well, that's that's a quick seg on friendship, but we should go right into real friendship when you travel with someone. Oh, yes. Uh, I think that's really the bent of our podcast in general. Uh, what we do on the redo is talk about traveling together. And we finally did it. We did it right. Um,
1: well, because we had a hard time determining what, whether we had traveled together or not before, because it felt like it. Right. But we realized that really we had just been meeting each other in different cities around the world. But we had never exactly. you know been on the plane together. We never had to share accommodation. That. Much. Well, no. Well, no. Actually, we have. But yeah, all that, all that stuff that will cause potentially cause like fights. <laughs>
0: We've never gone door to door.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Right.
0: So yeah. Uh, so, uh, just a quick recap, you know, I've been in Asia for six months and, um, I've been traveling with different people and by myself. And uh, in what is it, March, February, you came to Taiwan for a day or two for yes, a wedding? Yes,
1: late February. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then we jetted off to Vietnam for two weeks. We did. Yeah. So that was our big trip. And it's pretty exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. And we met up with one of your friends who became my friend.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's a a right. It
1: was a huge triangulation, right? It was like, I'm coming here hey. from San Francisco to Taiwan Oh, you're already in Taiwan. No, no, no. You were not. You were. <laughs> I you, was were in not vet, Actually, you were not in Actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, we should I mean, well let's let's start from the top, you know. We flew out there, we went to two cities over two weeks. We went to Hanoi and then Saigon. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, in Hanoi, we actually didn't hang out at all because <laughs> you immediately left me.
1: Just, you were like a week straight. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, so that was pretty funny. Um, and where did you go when you were in Hanoi? Uh, give, give us a little background on Hanoi. Have you been there before? Like, what were you trying to do? Like, how come you left me my own devices? <laughs> like, what happened? I
1: know, I wrote in my notes for this pod, I was like, what John did while he, while he was by himself in Hanoi. Yeah, we
0: should discuss that. Exactly.
1: Um, well, I had never been to Vietnam before, period. So uh, I feel like in general, it's like a good place to go when you, you know, to have on your travel bucket list. Uh, John had never been either. So, uh, but my idea was like, okay, if I'm traveling internationally, if you have the time, almost, almost always try to go to at least one other place since you're there anyway. So I narrowed it down to a few places and John vetoed strongly one or two of them and ended up going there. What did place, I veto? The Philippines. And then oh, you right. ended up going there <laughs> <laughs> on a private island uh, afterward. Yeah. Details. It's okay. It's okay. Vietnam is cool. It was a mutual, mutual, uh destination where we both wanted to go number one right. for the food that is uh, indisputable right and so we decided Hanoi and Saigon because we had time but also Hanoi generally is um, conveyed as being uh, more traditional it's in the north you know obviously regionally the food varies a little bit and then Saigon is more of like the bus hustling, bustling younger city um, right so it was it was fun to compare to compare uh, sorry to compare and contrast the two but I left John alone because John's friend now my friend Covey who was in Bali who met us uh, was traveling Friends, uh, We have both said we wanted to explore Sapa, which is this area a few hours outside of Hanoi that has a Hmong village in it. And Hmong people do not have their own country. Um, I should know more about this, but I do not. And actually, we went with this uh, tour group, tour guide company recommended by our John and my friend, Lanlian. We call her the cruise director. If you've been following this podcast, you may be familiar with this character. The right? very famous. The, the whole reason we're together. Yes. Yeah. Yes, true. She's the reason why we met. Um, she had gone to Vietnam a few months before, and this company is called Sapa Sisters, and it's it's all female Hmong guides, and they they, they take the time to learn English. Uh, I think a lot of them actually are illiterate, but they just learn conversational English in order to become a tour guide. And, you know, the money goes back to them, their village, as opposed to the, quote-unquote, like, the evil Vietnamese capital. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's, you know, for the Hmong people, the Vietnamese people are, I don't want to know, say they're oppressors, but, you know, they are, you know, they're living in their land. They had to learn. Yeah, yeah. to get by. So it was like cool that you, knowing that your money was going to the actual villagers um, and, you know, girl power, et cetera. Uh, so that was like really, really amazing. We did a two night stay. No, you have to take the overnight train and then you do your trek and then you stay over in the village for one night and then you go back. But instead of doing the overnight train back where they're like, you just guys want to just take the minibus back. And we're like, oh. Oh yeah sure <laughs> that'd be way faster um the, the bus
0: is faster than the train
1: yeah so the overnight train to there it is a far away but part of it is the experience and being on a sleeper train which i'd never done before actually wait have you oh. done a sleeper train john
0: i have in europe
1: oh cool where did you like it
0: uh I, I i don't really remember i just do remember like holding onto your bags at night so that people wouldn't steal shit
1: <laughs> or like murder right? you <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the fear. I don't know if it's founded or not, but I do. I do remember. I think somebody was like, "Oh, we got to get a private sleeper so that people don't look at your stuff or look at your thing." You know, I don't know. I don't know if these are real fears that people have. You know, but yeah, I've never done. I've never done it with strangers. We had four people last time, so we had our own cabin.
1: Oh, okay. We got lucky, so to speak. I mean, I've never been on a sleeper train anywhere else. Kavi has done it, uh, I think, several times in India. She's like, "I love sleeper mm-hmm. trains." I was like, "Cool, this looks so cool." And it was fancy, like we, it was like hotel quality. Uh, like bed sheets, we had like toothpaste, toothbrush, snacks, bottled water, blah blah blah. And then we got lucky in that we sh- we shared our cabin with this really nice Dutch couple, so they were like, quiet um, and like non-shady. So it was totally fine. The only thing is like there were mosquitoes in our cabin, and so all of us just got bit up. And I had been pretty good about not getting bitten that for like that whole time until uh, until the sleeper train. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, you had a
0: real you had a real mosquito fear.
1: Yeah, because there's a moderate risk of Zika in Vietnam. Exactly, exactly. And I've, I'm of childbearing age so but you were
0: very like, diligent about spraying yourself very okay. diligent yeah yeah
1: yes but if on another pod when talk about mexico City, yeah that, that didn't work oh my um, god yeah oh my god <laughs> john saw photographic evidence of this but yeah. <laughs> anyway oh my god's right okay anyway sorry i'm like okay so anyway i super recommend doing the sapa trek, especially going to sapa sisters uh, you know you're, you're talking to these women who've grown up in the village a lot of them have. they're about they're a lot of them, about, I would say late twenties, early thirties. Um traditionally they get married at like fifteen. So our guide who was about my age already had like three kids and her oldest was fifteen as well. Um of course the food is like super, super good, Especially because we went when a lot of the households had these like leftover celebration foods from the New Year. Mm-hmm. So we had this like amazing like they called smoked organic pork. Oh, holy shit! Those was, was like it was like a bacon pork belly, like uh caramel caramelized, like super super good. And then we had a lot of happy water, quote unquote. Um, happy water. So uh-huh. Alcohol. Happy water. Oh yes, booze. Okay. <laughs> we had two booze. kinds. One oh, was right. infused with like mushrooms, like not hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms. Right. Right. Mushrooms. Um, yeah. So but here, yeah. So one of the weird, well not weird things, but I, it's like we wanted to know more about the system. So you have your official guide, and then we—just copying and me—in our little group. I think it's usually small groups anyway, because the trek can be for city for city slickers. It's kind of hard because you're going like through rice, um, like steps or whatever you want to call them. And then it, was it it's a raining, difficult trek?
0: I mean, it was a trek, but was it difficult?
1: I would call it like moderate. Some parts were hard, some parts easy, but definitely like working the quads. And you're going up and down, and it was raining for the first couple hours of our trek, so it was slippery and muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is related to the thing that seems kind of weird where you're like, how does this work? So you have your official guide, and then there are always these two ladies who like end up following you, and you know they're trying to sell you stuff, but then the guy doesn't say anything, and then you're like, wait, are they part of this? I'm confused. And they'll still be like, hello, my name's Blah, and you're like, oh. Um. Hi. I was trying to ignore it first, and then I was like, "Is this, am I being mean? Like, I have no idea. Am like, I being like a dumb Western tourist? Like, I don't know." Um. But because it was raining and muddy for the first couple hours, they really do end up saving your life. Basically,
0: they literally <laughs> like to fall
1: off life. and they grab like they grab your hand in the middle of there wearing who are they? like they're sandals. Just- People They're local not. woman, the local woman and for our for us is usually old old like grandma's grandma age. Right. Um, they follow you on a trek for a few hours and then once you have your lunch break or whatever, they leave, but they're the whole thing is like, oh, they're gonna leave now. Um, if you'd like to buy something from them, you're not obligated to. You're welcome to, but of course, you feel indebted to because they basically save your life, like multiple times. They save your life, right? I mean, <laughs> kind of. So you're like, okay, I'll buy this pouch because the the women learn textiles. Um, and, and more of them know English because they are going to the town to sell their wares to tourists. Okay. Uh, and that's that's what was told. That was the reason told to us why it was basically all women who were the guides and not the men. Um. Who knows? Uh, so we're like, okay, I guess that's cool. But then after the first time that happens, then the next day, then you have these like other women starting to follow you too. Then you're like, oh great, I just like spent a bunch of money. I mean, again, not that much money for for tourists, but you know that you're paying more than right. maybe you have to. Um, and then it happens again, and you're like, oh okay. <laughs> and then every and then after your main trek and your 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 main homestay, then everything kind of comes becomes more touristy again. Um, I mean, it feels like it feels very genuine because that you you know you walk into these people's homes and their villages, but they're definitely more um, sort of outposts for for the, so the definition of homestay in the village now I think has really expanded. Like we did stay w- with a family in their actual house. There are several structures along the way that say homestay, and it's basically a hostel that you stay for one night. So it, that's expanded a lot. Like our guide was saying that one of her old um, the, I guess regulars from Australia they stopped coming they stopped going going to Vietnam and and Saba because they said that seeing the the industry take over has made them really sad and they won't go back (laughs) I was like hmm
0: yeah see that's the kind of shit I'd like to call some bullshit on Um, oh yeah that's a separate thing oh totally they're
1: like oh we're the first explorers we're genuine we're for real like, but oh, no one else after sorry. Sorry. us. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, we got Wi-Fi. Like, oh fuck, I'm out of here. You know, kind um,
1: of. I was like, is it bad that you have running water and hot exactly. water? Like, I hope it's a good thing. Um, um, this,
0: this reminds me of this article that I have been reading. It's called uh, "Against Authenticity" or something, and it's hmm. talking about sort of like music, but also travel. Because we, we, in subsequent trips, I was telling my friend about authentic travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother-in-law, Amir, had sent me this article, and it's so good. And I don't want to summarize it because it's, it's really amazing. I'm going to link to it in our show notes, but it just talks a lot about travel and authenticity mm-hmm. and what it is nowadays and how you can't find it and how, you, you know, what we think is authentic is actually just... Of course, it's just on our own perceptions, right? Right. Just right. like you're saying, these people they they come and they're like, I want an authentic experience through the countryside of this and this and this. Like at no point is this really authentic, but it's like it's just authentic
1: enough, right? Exactly. Like oh, I'm staying in your your home. Thank you for opening exactly. it up to me. But then realizing that like oh, the dad is not talking to us that much because like this is how he makes his money. Like he does this every night. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, like I, it's I don't his want to personal home, people. but like he hosts people probably every day. He's right. like going through the motions of like, okay, I'm, I'm cooking. I'm actually cooking you dinner. I'm eating with you. I'm offering you some alcohol. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is what I do. Every he ain't day. your friend. He ain't your <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, he ain't your Doesn't friend. Doesn't matter. Yeah, well, that's a, that's yeah. one of the funny things. Uh, by the way, I would I'd like to read that book. Send me the link. Uh, um, the Cubby and I afterward, we were like, do you think our guide liked us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, don't, they don't give a
1: shit. Like as an actual person, like I was like, right. oh, I thought about this too. Because um, there was a point when we were kind of suckered into the shops on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and our guide, of course, was there to help us. But at some point I was like, damn, is she really annoyed that we <laughs> keep like, not making a decision, etc.? So, yeah. yeah, about the authenticity versus like you know yeah. this is your job, or whatever, um I think she genuinely likes people, and she's she learned English over a period of time three years to do this job, um but she took us we were kind of a last minute request, and during the time we were there, she couldn't stay overnight with us, but she had to meet us back in the morning because she had she had to go to a funeral that apparently spans like three days. And we were like, what the hell, dude? And we felt like even bigger assholes we were like, she's like kind of, I don't know, committing social taboo by like leaving this funeral to come be our guide and then going back and like not sleeping at all. And like, right. food, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was like, damn, she's just hustling. She's on the hustle. This is her every day. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I highly recommend that. And that's what I was. That was worth leaving John Yang for for several days. For-
0: yeah, it's fine. I mean, you guys left me for a few trips. You don't want to go. But- yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. I wanted to go to Hanoi. I only wanted to eat there. I didn't really care about the Sapa. I didn't care about the bay, a long bay. I, I didn't really care about anything except really the city and eating.
1: Right. Nothing involving long car rides or yeah. dirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys were probably in Hanoi for like two and a half days, right? I think so. Maybe three days, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I really got the full experience because I was there for a week almost by myself. But that's what not true. What are you doing, John? Uh, well, I used Tinder to find friends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I. Uh, the night they left, I was swiping around, meeting friends I normally do on this stuff. And it so happened that um, one of my sister's friends saw me on Tinder, who i had never met before, but she recognized me, I guess, because she saw my sister's photo and she knew what I looked like. Mm-hmm. And she had to be Vietnamese and she had to be in Hanoi and it was perfect. And so she just took me around, showed me some local eats. You know, the language is obviously a huge bonus. So I got to see a lot of Hanoi hang out with her. Um, so even though I was like trying to figure out like, oh, what am I going to do when I'm alone in the city? I don't like being alone in the city. Um but I, I, I met a new friend. Actually I met two new friends. I met another person also off Tinder who was like a travel backpacker, blogger, it was great. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um so mm. really um I was just out there meeting friends while you guys are trucking around.
1: <laughs> it worked out well for everyone. Yeah, it
0: worked out it worked out great for everybody.
1: Yeah, our crew our travel crew just kept kept growing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, our, our, you know, my new friend, my newfound friend, she also came with us to Saigon. Mm-hmm. So it worked out fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I normally do. Like when I go travel, I just meet people, right? I mean, is that what you kind of do? I would say so. I think so?
1: you're better at it than I am. I think because I'm actually more okay with being alone Oh, right. Than you don't, you don't have this quiet desperation. I mean, sometimes I do. But no- <laughs> other times I'm like, okay, I- I'm just here to do my thing. I'm going to do my thing. And that's okay.
0: Right, 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 right um yeah no i don't i was like immediately just like looking for people to do stuff or like whatever you know but i did i'd explore what i had to explore i mean i really would recommend foursquare for everybody
1: yes same here Mm
0: -hmm. um even though people are like who's using that still i'll tell you who's using it people in the know (laughs) um because it's like i would check into my friends stuff and like see what they're like they've been to hanoi obviously my food friends and like Mm -hmm. they know where to eat and i'll be like yo that place is dope and invariably, like, the people that I would mm-hmm. follow and check out with my friends, I trust their taste. I'd be like, found this dope place to eat, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I would
1: heavily recommend Foursquare. Yeah, it's not a flash-in-the-pan trendy app. It is a the swarm check in app to Foursquare is very key. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, funny recommendations. Like our friend was like, okay, hey, you you have to eat this turmeric catfish, but there's a fake one across the street. Like, mm. Don't go to that one. You've got to go to the real one, which is here. And you're like, thank you, <laughs> old yeah. friend. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, the food was amazing. I, I guess we should talk about Saigon a little bit. I mean, I think the thing for me was that I knew nothing about Vietnam going in, mm-hmm. like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tried to study up before I went. But also, I just sort of learned stuff at the museums mm. and on Wikipedia and mm-hmm. trying to read the books and everything else. Like, I just took it in as an entirely new country. I had never visited. I didn't even know there's so much Chinese history there. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know Chinese how much history? you knew.
0: Um, yeah, like, it's just, Wait, I, mean, I didn't did you realize Chinese just
1: history? Chinese history. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, it's repeatedly colonized by, <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's France. <laughs> right. but, you know, like, I didn't know this stuff, you know. Um, Whoa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything because I'm not worldly. Uh, but I'm like, when I get there, I will learn. I will learn at the museums. And so I did. Uh, but yeah, so that's, you know, like before going in, we weren't even necessarily sure Ho Chi Minh or Saigon, right? Like mm-hmm. what to say. Mm-hmm. So like that's when you got to ask the local, like, what what do you guys call it? Why? and All this kind of stuff, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, Saigon, I would say... As a tourist, maybe Hanoi, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but if, you would eat, if you're going to live there or stay there for a long period of time, I would say Saigon.
0: Uh, we love Saigon.
1: Mm-hmm. To me, I would say it's like the New York City of Southeast Asia. Is this correct, or would you agree?
0: Um, I yeah, I mean it, it felt like there was a lot of energy, there's definitely like a lot of culture that we kind of took in a little bit, and we weren't even there that much because you know the first couple of days we were just like, I mean, I know you got sick I so did that kind of kind of failed you you were
1: I missed out on like half of Saigon basically Right
0: you were you were definitely sick and i felt really terrible and i was sick by proxy so right. i also was sick i also just stayed home
1: <laughs> in <laughs> our air conditioned unit
0: Exactly the airbnb that we may or may not have gotten catfished on but it was oh great Oh my god you know? yes. we watched a lot of netflix um Queer we watched Eye all the places we wanted to go eat uh Oh, we should definitely recommend uh, Nikki Tran. Oh my! Let's stop on Nikki. We're wasting a lot of time on Sapa. We're wasting a lot of time. On um, Sapa, oh my! Sapa I know. Nikki I think we're
1: on ten minutes. <laughs> give me the
0: background were... on Nikki Tran. Oh, you want to and give why... me the background? Huh?
1: Okay, I'll give you the background. Based yeah, on we we're like background. we were like oh we're in Saigon now. We didn't do much research. Let's watch food episodes on Saigon right now. And so the newest ones at the time, uh, Netflix, Ugly Delicious, David Chang's newish food uh, series had. Um, he divides it up by types of food, and then he, be, he you know has segments from all over the world. But he's a crustacean one was based on like, you know, this Cajun food. So there's there's chef named Nikki Tran. She's from Vietnam. She lived in Houston for seven years and then recently moved back to Vietnam. So her food is this like Vietnamese Cajun um fusion, but it's like second generation because it's like you have the Viet Cajun that's in the US and then she brought up that style back to Vietnam and then modified it again, you know, using local ingredients, etc. So she calls it Vijun.
0: V <laughs> Like Vija Jun. Yeah. It's yeah. Fine. It's yeah. Fine.
1: <laughs> so her restaurant, I can't say it right, sorry, so it's like Kaoba kwan Sure, she, sure let's look, look that up. And we feel like we got ugly delicious ugly delicious early enough that um this place like hadn't blown up too much yet mm-hmm. uh for by Western tourists. Like we went there and we thought it was closed at first, but it turns out we we were just like the only people there. And so the staff Nikki wasn't there, we did not see her. <laughs> Sadness. But the staff like busted out like the little tables and chairs for us right in front. And we we're in the shade and the food was like really amazing. Holy just shit. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just amazing. The rainbow beef, yeah, that the like river prawns, which are look like little lobsters basically. Um, they're broken rice. Like we we, we had some kind of pumpkin stir fry dish. Uh, uh, with
0: some beef yuzu. I don't even know. Like it's just it's just delicious.
1: It was really fucking good. Like when I was sick, I was like, if I'm sick for the rest of the time in Saigon. If I'm not better by this day, I don't care what the consequences are. I was like, I'm going to go to this restaurant. Luckily, I got better. Um, but I would have eaten there like every day. Um, that is definitely, I would say, for me, yeah, the number one food recommendation for Saigon.
0: Saigon also is like a city that it's it's very, like it's got a little bit of everything, you know. It's very bustling. It reminded me, architecturally, a lot of Taipei. Um, but also there's like a lot of energy there. And mm-hmm. um, I guess... We didn't explore that much of it, but I felt like there was a lot more that we could have gone into. You know, um, like we would hear about things, and I mean, we didn't even try the McDonald's. No, I'm kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing to do.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean there's like a lot of stuff there. You know, we didn't try any of the nightlife. We didn't go out that much at night. Went to a bar here or there, but we didn't like do that much. But you did we definitely karaoke, saw. Though
1: one night with, with a new friend that a coffee met. Oh yeah, we did karaoke. That's when I, I was sick, so I missed out. I had FOMO for that.
0: Oh, oh, right. Well, that was our second karaoke session. We had one in yes, Hanoi. Yes, we did. Which you, well, right. That was that was great times. Um, <laughs> oh, but we should. You know, here's the things we should talk about. That we should talk about um, the nightclub scene because <laughs> beforehand, uh, your friend <laughs> had told toilet. you that we have to reserve a club, like we have to reserve a table at the club. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And um, right, upon I was like, going "We're going to Vietnam. To,
1: what should we do?" Yeah. The first thing out of his mouth was, "Get bottle service." <laughs> I was like, yeah. What? Not like eat at this pho place or whatever. He was like, "Get bottle service."
0: we're like, fuck that shit. Like, why would we get bottle service in Vietnam, right? We're not that, that kind of people. But right. then we went, and what happened? Like, what did we learn?
1: We had, like, no choice. We could of had to get bottle service.
0: Yeah. The clubbing scene in, in Vietnam, as far as, like, I guess, club clubs, I don't—we didn't hit that many lounges or anything, as far as we knew— you can only get bottle service. Like basically, you have to s- stand at these tables. These little—they're not like super nice tables or booths. They're just stand-up normal tables, and you just get your bottle there. You have your little area. You can't really dance. No one's really dancing.
1: Were you? This is when you were at the toilet, right? Which I I, I went to the toilet. Right. Yeah, when I mean, we were I hit gone. up at three
0: clubs in one night. When, when um, you were by yourself? <laughs> well, not by myself, but yeah, with my, you know, with my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. um and then
0: i'm like oh now i understand because like if you don't get a table which is relatively cheap it's not like the table like you would think of other asian sort of vip places That like you are sort of shepherded in the back and you can't do anything you know mm-hmm. you're kind of you in this like- holding pen in the back you're not near the music um it's not a club at all it's more like a concert where you have to get a table um and to be honest we probably stay in the clubs for like 20 minutes you know if if if, if not less
1: i forgot was there a cover
0: uh, there's no cover. You don't have to dress up in any particular way. You just waltz right in. That was very nice. No one's checking your ID. Nobody even cares. But once you're in there, there's not much to do. You know, You just kind of sit at your table and drink.
1: Did you I see think. people like strangers interacting with each other? Or Was it more no, like you're just there with your no. crew and you stay at your table?
0: If anything, like we were trying to like roll up on somebody's table and they're like, "Get the fuck out of
1: here!" <laughs> like hey, and the waiters like, oh, like, like like
0: like like move like to your table. Like you know, no one's trying to talk to you. Like I, no one's trying to do anything. No one's trying to like. At least this is from our limited experience, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. Covey can give us some insight into what really was like. She went out a few more times after we did, mm-hmm. but you know, for me, I was like, "All right, we're good here. Like, not, nothing to see, nothing to see." Um, so from that perspective, it was fine. Um, there's also, you know, I think they were probably the more expatty kind of places we could have checked out, but we're not about that
1: because <laughs> we're authentic travelers. Because <laughs> we're authentic travelers, right? <laughs> Um, um, yes, but yeah, one Saigon, uh, considering that the government of Vietnam is considered to be socialist, yes, right. So, uh, there's a lot of capitalism stuff happening in Saigon, like a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of startups, um, the government is very open to that. So I have an, an acquaintance, or should I call him my friend, <laughs> his acquaintance who has been living there for three years, Filipino American. Um, and He gave me like a lot of insight as to what it's like to be an expat there. And that, that was interesting. And I think a lot of the people there, I think in Saigon are, are Un, or like under age thirty or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's yeah. where a lot of the young, the young energy comes from. Is from like the the tech entrepreneurs, many who whom who are expats. Um, and of course, he was like you know, he he's taking the time to learn some Vietnamese. But he, of course, he was like bitching about some of the other expats who put in zero effort to, to integrate. Part of the right. part of the issue. Um, I mean, we've all experienced now. Like you know, there's Uber, right? That makes it way easy easier to get around and travel, and it's like relatively safe. But also make, makes it so that you don't really have to interact or, like, you don't have to put as much in as much effort into getting around, right? You don't have to ask for directions. You don't have right, to know right, the train right. system. If, there's, if there is a train system or whatever, um, you just you use your app. You don't really have to know the language and you're there. And in Vietnam, it's like a dollar to $3 right, to wherever you're going. So Uber and then also and just general like Western privilege, just thinking that you're better than everyone else. And of course, for the food thing, like you can just kind of point, you can get by. Um, so that I was that part made me a little bit sad. I will I will admit, like, as a tourist, Vietnamese language to me is so difficult that I couldn't even really know how to say thank you or hello. And I, I know, whereas, you know, for a lot of people, they're like, you should learn at least that to whatever country you're going to. But I was like, I don't even know how to say we this. didn't
0: learn anything. Yeah.
1: Sad. I'm sad. I think Covey learned a little bit. Did she? Like. The thank you, but I was too afraid. I was too afraid to try. Y- yes. Here is the thing. I, yes. I, I
0: kind of feel like you know everybody n- understands when you say thank you, mm-hmm. you know, and and when you butcher their language, it's almost like more of an insult to me. I mean, that's just my personal sort of take. You know, when someone says a lot of like shusha and like you know kind of stuff, <laughs> like I don't need you to butcher the three words you know. Like just tell me that you know. That's my take on it. So I don't right. know. Maybe but other people are like,
1: my... oh, well, at least you are trying. Like you're yeah, that's not...
0: what they. You know, I've never heard somebody say that. Like oh, at least they're trying. Like who says that? It's the the other, it's the other people, right?
1: I'm not sure. I'm gonna. Well, really? It depends on the country. Like, I do work with uh, all non-Americans right now, so actually, uh-huh. I'm gonna. I do want to ask them that question. Okay. I will pose this question at our, at our next them. gathering, yeah. our next shift, about what their perspective on that kind of thing. Um, but also well sort of related to that you were saying you first observed that in terms of like locals reactions to tourists is different than other Asian countries that you, you've you been to right mm-hmm. yeah. please elaborate
0: I don't remember what I said what I
1: <laughs> you were saying that basically like they don't give a shit but... oh
0: yeah 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 right uh, I mean you know I felt like in mean, Vietnam um, um, I don't know particularly why um, but compared to a lot of other Asian countries I've been to they don't give a shit like you know you're obviously a, a tourist you're obviously kind of like there but no one's like gawking at you nobody's sort of like giving you special attention it's just like yo you want this far like roll up get this far and like no like really no they don't give a shit about you right they're and not, i loved it yeah we they're not it.
1: like overtly rude to you either it's just no, like very business I'm, like like here you are okay. uh, they're,
0: they're not nice nor are they mean you know they're, right. they're not catering to you um nobody really even notices i, I feel like that much mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i'm not um, entirely sure why though
1: my expat friends part of it is that like they still really hate americans which i don't disbelieve at all because you know, uh-huh. after going to the War Remnants Museum in general, you're you're like, oh, that really wasn't that long ago, and yeah, we really like fucked shit up. So in, in, coming from that, that information, then you're like, why don't, why don't we experience more animosity? Um, but like, they just can't be bothered, I think. So he's like, he's like yeah, they actually kind of hate us still. Um, so that's part of it. But considering that, you know, it's like, oh, this is, you know, an Asian country. yeah Most other Asian countries to which I've been, like the tourist industry, the service industry is like almost like sickeningly sweet. You know, it's like too much. It's like too accommodating. You're like, ah oh, you're smothering me. <laughs> There's an attendant everywhere doing everything, like, you're like ah, but not in Vietnam. Which yeah, I actually did appreciate. I do, I do like it.
0: Yeah, and we did hit a lot of the museums. Uh, I actually hated the War Remnant Museum. Yeah,
1: it's actually a bad museum. I, my friends it's a told me. Museum. My friends said not to go, but we went anyway. Oh, your friends said not to go. Yeah, oh. I mean, but it's one of those like you understand that it might be crappy, but you think that you yeah you go gotta, anyway, I mean, you just Go right? You no, know? right, right. I mean, I did learn, it, learn a little bit, but it's a bad museum. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not it's not a great it's propaganda. But that's fine. Uh, <laughs> alternately, I you know I would recommend the the art museum. There's a couple art. Oh, museums, in Hanoi
1: but, or Saigon?
0: Um, uh, in Hanoi actually was the one that we. Remember we really saw like, that right? weird
1: performance artist? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, she was wonderful. I mean, just you know, the art museums were pretty interesting. Um, I think in Vietnam uh, you really do it does help a lot to know the history. Obviously, when you go to the museums, because <laughs> you like, what am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of it is war, right? I mean, so much about mm-hmm. the Vietnam War is kind of there. So you've got to look at generational stuff, but like. It's great stuff. You know, um, going to the actual war remnants museum, not so interesting for me. Uh, but I would recommend, you know, I don't know if most people, when they visit cities, they hit museums all the time. Or it's I usually I, do. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like we hit every museum, right? <laughs> Basically. I think,
1: I think, yeah, you went to some when we were away. Um, yeah, I
0: did. I did go to a couple of museums, actually, while you guys were away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think about sort of, you know, traveling together and um, the way we sort of like took things in? Like, we, we just meshed. Very naturally.
1: Yeah. Great. But I think we knew, well, because we have, like I said, we have semi-traveled before together, just meeting right. up in several cities around the world. Um, and so we, we already knew, like, okay, we like to eat a lot of the same foods. Um, you are definitely, I think a lot of your friends that <laughs> you're kind of bougie, which is true. I think you like to be comfortable when mm-hmm. you travel, but I think, but, I, you're, but you're willing to eat anything. So I think that's where the contrast shows up. It's like, you know, you're down for like the hole in the wall, you know, the street food, whatever. Like our favorite food place is Hanoi across the <laughs> From a Airbnb, it was like I can't. I can't. I'm still thinking about that right now. Should we segue into like your late your latest <laughs> travel experiences with your okay. yeah let's let's
0: segue into more just general travel uh-huh. um because you know I think that in the past we have i haven't had such good i've had such good sort of experiences traveling with people mm-hmm. that uh, i think i got i, I got to a full, false sense of security about how easy <laughs> it is to travel with either friends or strangers <laughs> or whatever it is you know um especially in your particular case i've seen you in so many different places and i've traveled with a lot of my other friends here and there. Um, that recently, the people I've traveled with—it's been a fucking disaster. Um, <laughs> as you know, they may
1: or may not be listening to this right now.
0: I mean, yes. regardless. I mean, we know. You know, we've talked about it. Everybody knows. You know, I—it's I, been—it's been either they're annoyed at me, I'm annoyed at them. Um, and it's been a whole variety of things, right? It's either been how they interact with the world. Um, and I think that's really important. That you can't really gauge that.
1: <laughs> that's like a you know? huge statement, right there.
0: Even even with my friend who just visited Taiwan, and I won't drop names, but it's like I've known him for thirty years. You know?
1: Oh wow! Uh-huh. And uh, I I haven't really
0: traveled with him before, or mm-hmm. been in different countries with him a little bit when we were younger. But it's like mm-hmm. even things I found out about him is like how his relationship with sort of transportation or mm-hmm. using money or whatever it is. These are all factors that. I think you know you don't necessarily think about beforehand, um, but now you kind of do, right? You know, it's kind of like for me, I'm like, yo, I'm bougie, I can't fucking hostel anymore. I gotta take, I gotta take taxis here, Th- yes. and those are the things you gotta figure out, right? Because uh, uh-huh. my policy was like, listen, I'm gonna take in cabs. If you guys want to walk, that's cool, but I'm gonna get in this cab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, Wish, which did
1: happen a couple of times, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and we and were which is fine, together, you know, because yeah. like
0: you know, like the, I think the, the of course there's a the money disparity. There's also sort of like to me the most important thing that I have realized is. There's kind of an attitude disparity, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty chill, um, and you are also pretty chill. But it's like I had to also learn, like, you also, In, it, for example, you get a little bit of, like, time anxiety, like airports and stuff. And I didn't know mm. that about you. I'm like, cool, I learned it. Uh, my other friend that we traveled with, uh, you know, she's a fucking shit show going through security. And I was like, I can't <laughs> handle this, you know? <laughs> Every little thing is heightened. And it's even like my other friend, you know, that I traveled with, like, you know, these other two friends I had that I see them almost every day in my normal life. But when Mm -hmm. you travel with them, you're really, really just, I don't even want to say it's an intense time, but shit comes out quick.
1: Yeah, real quick. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And I think I'm talking more about like one-on-one travel. When you're traveling in a three or four person group, it's not too bad. Right. right you, can, kind you of can ignore one person whatever you can, whatever, <laughs> you can you know.
1: gang up on one person
0: <laughs> sure you can gang up on somebody you can just leave you know um but when you travel with just one person or two people and i don't normally do that i guess you know uh, even when we went to la for the weekend with our group of friends for like 2 3 days or mm-hmm. i just went on a 12 person trip to the philippines like mm-hmm. it's pretty chill mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but when you get into that sort of cruci- uh, it was what is the word a crucifix is that the no crucifix something <laughs> Uh, Crucible? Crucible? yeah anyway um so it's like you you are really just in it one-on-one and so i want to just sort of ask you about maybe when traveling goes bad
1: Hmm. when traveling goes bad well, i think yeah okay so given our current age and you know s- sort of maturity i think uh i've been able to even if i find that i don't mesh well with somebody while traveling at least like i can temper myself or like kind of see s- recognize signs of annoyance or stress in myself um mm-hmm. enough where i can be like okay i need to just like remove myself from this situation right now like step back or dial it down uh as opposed to letting it like you know turn into this all-out fight right which can happen very easily with travel so i think in the recent travels i've had you know there have definitely been at least moments of like ooh, this is a little bit tense <laughs> we are having some differences now but for the most part, fortunately, I think both one or both parties, depending on how cognizant of the situation you know they've been, have been like you know mature enough to just be like, okay, let's just chill. Or like, have you got? Or like this we're, or like, we're cranky, obviously, or like we're tired or we're hungry, uh-huh. so like this is probably why this is happening. Um, I think the last sort of. Travel experience I had that was bad. It was in college, I think.
0: Oh, so long ago.
1: It, exactly why? Because it was early, learn, like early learning stages of traveling with other people. Um, you know, without parents, it's like just with your friends, and so just finding out, like, oh, you're like one of my best friends in college, but you are like so anal retentive when you want it, when you travel, like, you have to plan out every single move. Mm-hmm. Um, you do not do well with improv. Like you don't do well with chilling. Like you must know like the exact number of times you're going to be riding the, this train, uh, yeah. etc. I was just like, whoa, I cannot handle that so i was like it was like at least two separate times with different friends being like you're too anal for me um or uh there's the small things which is more recent where it's like um you know we talked about it's it's interesting when you think you're going it's going to be 100% good especially with people that you're like oh You've traveled a lot before, so you should be fine. Yeah. But yeah. here's where it comes out: the, the difference is like, well, what kind of travel has this person been doing? Are they used to just really short, like, vi- like resorty vacations? You know, where everything's taken care of. They're the nice hotels. They don't have to do anything, and they're very comfortable. Um, have they ever lived abroad? You know, have they ever lived in another country? Yes. Uh, again, again, this sounds kind of elitist, but it's real. It's like all these things that you have already thought about, or like are totally unaware of. Um, you know, when's the last time you went out of the country? Versus like just a lot of have you just been doing a lot of like domestic travel? And so it's very easy to overlook those things or not, not think about those things until until you're like, you know, in a situation like, oh, I have like, I didn't realize this person hasn't been out of the country for X number of years. And so you're like, wait, what? Get a SIM card. I don't understand. How do you do this? Like, what? You're like, OK.
0: Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I think, uh you know, I'm not that often embarrassed in my life. Right. <laughs> but when you travel, you're kind of just embarrassed for other people all the time. <laughs> And, you know, right? I mean, that, I think that's the driving factor of like, oh my god, you're gonna, you're gonna do that, you're gonna ask this, like, holy shit, you know, like this kind of stuff. That, like, <laughs> you got to roll with it. You know, I think, um, I mean, I'm not sure if, if if I am like this. I'm not sure, right? I, I don't know how it is when I travel because I'm sure I also have exceptionalism of like, I'm gonna do it like this, I'm gonna do it like that. But I, tr- I try to blend. You mm-hmm. know, I try to be a sort of like a like a like a soft presence if i can
1: soft presence
0: but when you travel with certain people sometimes it's just like oh my god like you are just fucking standing out and you're already standing out you don't need to declare it but you just are standing out right yeah and i'm yeah. like fuck like i i want i don't want to be here this
1: is <laughs> you're like this is not my friend i don't know yeah
0: him. exactly like i don't do that in my normal life right if you are my normal friend and i see you in san francisco and you're embarrassing i'm like i don't give a shit <laughs> But when you're traveling, it's like so they they represent you, right? Mm-hmm. Slash your bit. country,
1: and you're like, oh man.
0: Sure. I mean, forget the country; just they, they represent me. Like, <laughs> like, oh my god, I got to put this ass in check. You know. Um, did Did you feel that way?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. I realize it sounds like very snobby in the house. <laughs> but again, it's not necessarily an elitist thing. It's just like, have you done this thing a lot or not? Um, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a, like, a concrete, a recent example. Uh, I, I guess the easiest thing is just, like, yeah, how do you travel now? Like, like you know, as we have mentioned before, technology has changed the way we travel so much, making it easier. But it's like, oh, it's cool. Like, we can just Uber here. And, and it's, like, mind-blowing for some people. They're like, wait, what? Like, mm. are, you, are you like, oh, I, I want to, like, try it like this. And you're like, you're like, I understand wanting to, like, be immersive you know, right. do the things that everyone else does, but you have to gauge, like, okay, if X number of people said, like, okay, this actually isn't safe to do, because sometimes that gets to me, too, because I'm like, oh, is it really unsafe, or are you just, like, being, uh, you know, a paranoid, you know, like, like spoiled American, but some places it really is, like, okay, you really shouldn't do that, I'm like, okay, like, you should, let's just Uber, um, so that's been a more recent development, right, in, in travel linked to technology technology mm, technology had the
0: ease of travel The e,
1: yes 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 it made it so much and the different.
0: thing is it's not like we're going to places that are difficult i mean we're going to like big cities in in very you know like we're, we're going i mean you have traveled to places that are difficult i have not <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm <laughs> right. i'm going to, like the capital of vietnam i'm like it's not like a difficult place i'm not going anywhere where like there's like, a lot of extra sort of like things i need to be aware of right mm. um and so when even that is sort of like a fish out of water for some people, I'm like, yo, I can't handle this. You know <laughs> you're what like,
1: dude, you're in a city.
0: <laughs> right. Like we're literally in the biggest city in the country. It's super <laughs> metropolitan. Uh, it's really easy. Like the thing is, like, I don't know how you feel, but it's like traveling for me is like pretty easy. I don't get stressed out by it. I'm not like, oh, this is difficult. You know, like sometimes things take longer, whatever it is. But sometimes you travel and it's just like they're just stressed all the fucking time. Which is a problem? Oh, I'm just saying that it's a problem. You know, like for me, traveling is like a very—it's relaxing. Like I'm just taking—I'm just going with it. It's never like I'm not exhausted when I travel. You because know? you
1: pretend be to be sick. <laughs> I mean, Airbnb. No, like I'm just—I'm not
0: exhausted. I'm not like, I'm not like constantly stressed out. You know, like if you're in mm. a new city, sometimes mm-hmm. you are like there's so much coming at me. I gotta be aware. I gotta like this and this and this. Uh-huh. I'm kind of like I'm just chilling. <laughs> And maybe it's a mentality, maybe it's just like environment. You know uh-huh, what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like you are probably also kind of the same way. Like you are, not I hope that you so. are I hope not so. watching things, but you're also not like stressed out about everything. Like, oh shit, this is some foreign shit. You know, right? All For the some time. people,
1: like every step of the way is like yes. an epic, like crazy ass, like um, hurdle to to overcome. And you're like, dude, we're just getting lunch. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we're just gonna like get on the subway or in the Uber, or whatever. We're gonna go to this place to eat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And it was a maple like every step is just like too much. It's true. It's
0: true. Um, you know, I mean, we are talking about travel. We have a lot more travel coming up, but I think what we're going to do for the upcoming episode is just talk a little bit about all the travel we've been doing, but space it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there's, too, there's just so much. <laughs>
0: there's too much. I mean, we got to live on this travel for a while.
1: <laughs> um, That's true.
0: But, you know, I think we do like it, you know, when we talk about cruise director, we did have a term table mom that we really enjoyed mm-hmm. that you guys have come up with. Who came up with this term table mom?
1: I believe it was me.
0: Oh, it was you. Okay. Like
1: or, think oh, Janique, it was you.
0: No, no, I, I didn't come up with it for I mean. sure.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, it might exist somewhere else, but I, in my own world, I I, I made it up. Okay. And what is it? It, it first stemmed from um, going to Korean barbecue with people and how there's, you know, by default, I feel like no one really declares that they're going to be in charge, but it's like kind of ends up being one main person who's like tending to the meat, who's serving everyone, who's cutting the meat, who's timing everything perfectly, you know, like, you know, ordering more food when you, they think they, they need to. And some people are like born for it, you know, like the timing is not Peckable. Their food is great. Like I've, tr- whenever I've tried to like, you know, um, you know, pick up my my end of the, the labor, I'm like, oh, I have to, you know, help out. Everyone's like, man, you suck at this. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me. You're
0: not good at doing the group cooking.
1: Apparently not. Apparently, I'm very bad at being the K barbecue, uh, leader. So then, because of the I guess the past couple of people I've been doing it with have been females, I'm like, oh, you're at the table mom. Like you're taking care of everybody. You're you're feeding us. You know. <laughs> You're like charring this meat perfectly, et cetera. And so that's um, where, I, where I initially thought about this term. And you agree. Have you seen this in other situations outside of k barbecue, Korean barbecue?
0: Um, yeah, like a hot pot. That's really important. Oh, yes. You know, um, also, just sort of sometimes when you're doing that Lazy Susan thing and um, everyone's eating like the fancy, I don't mean, I mean that fancy is Lazy Susan dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's always doling it out. Um, and I mm-hmm. kind of forget that sometimes. Like you are supposed to be like <laughs> serving <laughs> the person next to you or serving whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Younger people, older people, depending on which culture at mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. table mom really just works for across the board yeah um, i mean
1: here's a question if it's a guy doing it do you call him table mom as well or table dad or we i feel like we were in middle mid discussion about yeah i, I mean but, but let's keep real, do, it real
0: do you ever see dads do this shit
1: uh you're right you're right so it's table
0: mom right regardless of i feel like regardless of the gender of who's doing it traditionally you like table mom because i think table mom sounds
1: shit. better too personally
0: yeah yeah <laughs> but you know I've, I've never seen a father figure be like yo i'm dishing out this stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know at the table or I'm like cooking this you know right I mean I don't know I mean we do now I think our generation maybe does that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not to disparage everybody of the previous generation but I've never seen a dad be like let me handle this hot pot you know it only they only do it when it's like um maybe barbecue in the backyard
1: of course yeah that's a whole which is a different situation that's a whole different situation yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. A, a, man, a man a king in his castle like his exactly kind of like castle. I,
0: yeah that's we need a better term for that I guess
1: Ooh, okay uh yeah hit us Something up, up if reflect. you uh, if you have have a term for this, we're gonna work on that all five of them yeah it's kind of question.
0: like you know there's like the, the visible housework invisible housework we need a term right. for this sort of like table i mean table mom's obviously visible mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we still need sort of like the equivalent male term for i only barbecue i don't cook Oh, right. Or well, one, whatever it is.
1: One situation where it's... I don't know if this is table mom-ish, but like say if you're out um, karaoke or whatever, karaoke, what not have you, mm-hmm. and say if you have soju. I think this is in very specific situations, but I feel like I do know a couple of guys who are very good at refilling the drinks. But... <laughs> That Isn't guess? that a cultural
0: thing though? I mean, mm, it's not no? like.
1: I don't know. You tell me. Is it? I, I don't know. I thought, no thought like, 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 it's so
0: true. Like, if you're the younger dude, you just got to feel for your for, like, Oh, your
1: okay. People. You're saying it's probably an age thing versus a gender thing, or just like I like to drink things. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> That's true. I don't. I don't know, actually. I don't drink enough. This is your specialty.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can because not being Korean, I don't know these things. But in terms of like, yeah,
0: you explore. You a guy explore how
1: sort of table momish responsibilities. I'm like, this is where I've seen it be a guy. Most,
0: uh, I guess in my time. mind, I just always think of like the guys trying to force drinks down other people's throats, and they're just like, pouring <laughs> for you. You're like I don't fucking want this shit, and they're just like <laughs> oh, pouring, like a pour, a pour, way. Drink it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, not sort yeah. of like a oh, it's so polite, polite way. Like, oh, polite. you need some water, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, like especially when you say soju, I'm just like, I get a lot of flashbacks of just.
1: <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Sorry, do I bring uh, up some PTSD stuff.
0: No, I mean not for me. I don't, I don't drink. But I'm just saying this is, uh, you know, this is the kind of things you have to learn. And you know, my crewmates is like, yeah, you gotta pour for your opa, or you have to do this. You know, it's like. A lot of stuff I don't know because I don't participate in the drinking culture. Mm. Um, See,
1: my family doesn't drink, so I wouldn't know about how it oh. works so within Asian families, yeah. um, just with friends, Asian friends.
0: Well, let's let's ask around. You ask around about drinking culture and if there's a equivalent for the table mom. And mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. ask some friends about should you say thank you even though you can't say anything else in that language.
1: Oh right, of course, right. Yeah. Is it insulting or is it great or neutral or?
0: Yeah, let's close with a little bit. You know, you told us we were have a little group chat, and you were saying that you have not kept up on social media uh, post trip or perhaps just recently. Um, mm-hmm. Give us a little breakdown of when, why, how, what's going on?
1: <laughs> are you are you okay? No, well, I think what made John be like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this, was when I said I think it's going to be a permanent thing, and it's mm-hmm. not even a statement like everyone. I'm going to delete my account. This I'm anti. Like, I mean your snapchats okay, the, are gone.
0: I don't even know what you're doing every day.
1: I know. I know. I've um I've cut down and I, I think it's just uh well A, I learned very late in the game that apparently it's all the Instagram stories now and not Snapchat. Yep, yeah, that's true. Uh so I was like, All right. I mean I only had like ten friends on Snapchat anyway. So I've been slowly migrating to Instagram stories but not looking at anyone else's stories, just posting right. and then not looking at the app at all. <laughs> and I still have so many views. Um, but it's just, like, a lot of noise, right? I just feel like I don't want to get into the whole, like, oh, I'm just not important enough to post my life on here. Because I was thinking I'd, I do some pretty cool stuff sometimes. Like, oh, my travels are, like, like check out this awesome, like... Is this something you consciously thought thing?
0: about it or just over time you're, kind like... Kind of.
1: Oh it's more just, like, I realized. I was, like, why am I not posting as much anymore? Like, am I depressed? <laughs>
0: mm, I love it. Okay. <laughs> but I think yeah. a lot of
1: it is just, like, it's just noise. Like, I'm just, like, man, there's so much shit online. I don't, I mean, I, I guess I'm maybe it's an age thing, too, where like, I don't feel like I have to prove that I have a life in a certain way, like, oh, look at look what I did over my weekend. Before, okay. how often
0: were you posting?
1: Enough where uh, when I moved down under, so when I was about 35 uh-huh. years ago, I had friends who were half-joking, like, they're like, hey, you haven't been posting lately, like, where are you? Yeah. Like, are you okay?
0: <laughs> and did they notice that you didn't post? Yes, exactly. No, oh, it's, okay, they brought
1: up to me. I didn't say like, oh, have you noticed I haven't been posting? But that initially started... Just from not having enough data, in, uh, some countries have shitty data. So I was like, right. "Dude, I can't. I can't. I need to like save it, <laughs> save my shit for in case I need an emergency phone call or something like right, that." Right, um, but lately, again, it's just like there's just too much noise out there, and I, I feel like I don't, I don't feel the need to contribute to that noise. Um, but I think we have brushed on this topic before in terms of like, oh, rebranding as a writer and whatever. Mm. Like how you have to constantly produce media, even right. if you're not actively working. Like nowadays, to make it, like you just have to have. Constant Twitter stream. You have to have your podcast. You have to have your IG, and everything has to be updated constantly. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I know I need to do that too, but I just, I'm like, what's the point? What's like, the point? So, who cares about? Do I think that separating children from their families is wrong? Like, I know, it is, yes, it, mm, I agree one hundred percent. Do I need to tweet about it? Yes or no? I don't know. You know, because most of my no, you, my you my friends, and followers, it. like, we have yeah. similar views, so it would just be echo chamber kind right, of things. Right, right, right. Oh. Um, is so this something know, you've that, been that,
0: thinking about? Like, you're you're like, I don't need to contribute to this mess out here but you also don't want yeah. to consume it. You're kind of doing neither.
1: Both both. Right, okay. right. So it's that's like a it's not like a big declaration of like screw right. data data like mining or whatever. It's just like do it's just pollution. It's like noise pollution and whatever. But you are still very good at producing. And I, I wish I, I was like oh you you're still doing your blog, your newsletters like
0: Well, I mean, I haven't I haven't produced in that way in a while. I'm still I'm still working my ramp up. I mean, you know, um, my ride rebrand is coming soon. Um because you know I will be rebranding myself, but i mean yeah i don 't have that much to, you know i don 't have that much to say I mean, in my i don 't really do that on social media. I use it to keep in touch with friends to an extent, but I, I am consuming at all times. But, yeah, um, I guess, I, yeah, you know, I didn't even really notice that you weren't in- updating anymore until you mentioned it.
1: No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I no, care. I mean, it's, it's, it's
0: I mean it's been, I guess, I was like, oh, what's Margaret been doing? Um, but, yeah, I guess that is how people keep in touch, right? <laughs> I, am, I am thinking of, <coughs> Excuse me. I am, I'm thinking I do need to, like, do some sort of update for some newsletter stuff. But here's the thing. Uh, for me, it's like, nobody really cares what I'm doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a big deal. Like It's just like you're saying, nobody cares what I think, right? Yeah. Like, unless I'm giving you some quality shit, like, who cares what I'm? thinking of what i'm saying you know right. Uh, in I mean, direct know, contrast like this. to this podcast very important uh,
1: but, <laughs> this is key everyone has to know uh, what we're saying
0: yeah uh but yeah you know unless you have something value add like why put it out there right
1: right like i can understand if you are producing like oh this is what i think about this and i just wrote an article about it okay right. yes post it for sure right um but if it's just like i'm not a, if it's i'm like i'm like i'm not an authority figure on something or other i'm like i'm just gonna say it i'm like mm, eh. Well, I'm going to miss but the snippets like a... of
0: your Snapchat mm. conversation.
1: Oh, my. <laughs> You've got to get on Instagram <laughs> stories, John. Yeah, I've got to watch your. Of... <laughs> so it I
0: wasn't still like a. I don't know how to like use a... it. It wasn't any sort of like kickback from people who were like, or like feedback. People were like, oh, this is like so annoying, or like.
1: No, zero. I hate zero, it when you're always zero. filming
0: everything. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 100%
1: right. original thoughts.
0: <laughs> it's good.
1: Oh, I had this I think it's the social media thing too. There's so many messaging apps. Like I think after once I saw that the number go above like forty, I was like, Oh, where am much. I ever gonna have the time to catch up to all yeah. of these messages and really it takes like it's a good. minute? <laughs>
0: You're, you're social well, media you just, depressed you're not depressed you're social media depressed
1: oh uh, hey is that a term i think so because you know i have a tendency to let my facebook messages build up uh to the point where i miss like actually very important things and i'm like oh i'm a terrible friend and this happened to me like multiple times and i still i like try to catch up and i'm like oh I, what a chore i just did such a great thing and then i let it build up again and i miss I mean no like one's relying on us that's the important, important messages is it <laughs> <laughs> no but like in terms of maintaining friendships like i seem like a oh. dick to some people right now because i haven't answered their stuff in months and i I'm like oh shit you just dropped this big ass piece of news on me like what I haven't really um like one friend who I think she just I saw the preview she's like pregnant out of a crazy ass situation so I'm like oh my god and I haven't written back to her yet ouch sorry I'm I'm not a terrible person but it has to do with the app like there's something about Facebook Messenger in particular
0: it sucks no I I, yeah I hate that shit
1: like something about it, like, I don't like it, and so like it, like if you message me an iMessage, I'm pretty good about that. Most of the time, okay. in line, I'm good. Sorry about this.
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean, here's the <laughs> thing. It's wonderful. I don't mind at all. Actually, I think that's what we get along so well. I don't care if you're not checking the lines.
1: Right? Yeah, you don't. Have, I don't have to talk to you for like months. And I don't oh, give up. Fine. You know I'm that, like every you know couple that weeks, I'm, I'm like, "Margot,
0: where are you?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, you didn't answer." I'm like, "Margot, where are you?" Like, it's fine. You like, I'm not offended. I'm not like, "Yo," like, you're not answering that. me, right? Mm-hmm. So right. I'm fine. not
1: like I'm ignoring John. I'm like it's just yeah it. yeah yeah. Absol- I don't take it personally. Social whatsoever. Social media fatigue or yeah, social media depression. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Let's get into this more at another time. I want yeah. to think, let's think about this.
0: Let's uh, let's return. Uh, so this is our quick catch-up episode about Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna try to we're gonna try to podcast this again soon, shall we?
1: Right. Um, sooner okay. than six months. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I mean, soon. But let's talk soon.
1: Absolutely. And okay. thank you very much for sticking with us through our intermittent podcasts. Uh, hopefully you enjoy getting lots of information. I hope
0: Maybe one day we'll travel again together. But one day? One day, yeah. <laughs>